Blog Talk Radio. Tyrone Taborn of Career Communications in Baltimore, Maryland, 
but we joined into that program. Kansas City wasn't doing it, so we started it in Kansas City uh, and then uh, kind of went from there with it. After we started the program, we used uh, the African-American Infinity Group that's in uh, AT&T called the Community Network, and they have chapters all over the country. Uh, Our president at that time, our national president, had saw a Black Family Technology Awareness Week event and wanted every chapter president to start doing this in their cities if they could. So my chapter president came to me, and when I took it on, I had started working in the community, as I said, with the Du Bois Learning Center. So I took the idea to them. We started contacting other companies, other businesses. We brought the uh, Black Data Processing Associates in on it. They wanted to help form this. We worked with NSBE, the National Society of Black Engineers. We had employees from Sprint. We had employees from um, different engineering companies here in the city. So we all got together, and as we were working on this, we said, well, we needed to make this program or this activity that we were doing last longer than just doing a week event. And since we were from various companies and, and all of that, we decided to form an association. So that was the birth of the Black Family Technology Awareness Association. Well, that awesome and and it, it it even educated me and 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 clarified some things you know um but you know what's so important about it is first of all a, a company and an organization that supports its employees and encourages its employees that's so important so i i hope other companies and corporations uh are hearing that as well as starting that from that movement from within and now look where it it's it's gone from there just from having the support of you know employers that understand and um appreciate and encourage diversity um the the other piece uh, definitely. The other piece that I, I just wanted to is so much of, of what you said in your story, it was about connecting the dots. There's a lot of different initiatives out there, but then when talking together and um, collaborating, this is when the, the, we get the best of the best because uh, we have all of that different synergy. So that that's really amazing. Yes, and and the collaboration is key, and and the corporate uh, input in forming this was also a key thing because we had a couple of different companies. We had Sprint and we had AT&T. Well, they're competitors, but at the same time, we have employees that want to do some things in the community, and so we were able to come together and and work together as a group. The AT&T's Infinity Group is still going today, and uh, as a matter of fact, I was talking yesterday with the group in Atlanta, Georgia, and they're putting together a heritage program to say that what we did with starting Black Family Technology Awareness, the AT&T is now taking that on and making a, a program that will continue that. So they wanted to get my input on to make sure that they know that this is a continuation of what the Black Family started. Exactly, exactly. And, and I think that also... For people to listen, for those who might be thinking, well, how does this apply to me? You know, this is something, and and, and we're talking to someone that's in Kansas. But it's just also a testament that where you see a gap and a need, that you know, and they're all over the place. There's plenty of them. There's, you know, we haven't 
begin to scratch the surface and, and reach everyone and, and raise the level of awareness where it needs to be, especially uh, how significant STEM is going to be to in the future as far as jobs and education and our young people uh, and their ability to thrive. So there's still a lot of work to do. So take us back to you, when you guys originally started and um, the, the, you know, especially the Black Family Technology Awareness Association. For someone who is maybe starting at the ground level, how do you start these types of organizations? What are some of the challenges that you run into? Okay, uh, well, when we started it, we we were uh, privy, we had a little guideline, we had a, a little booklet that was put out, kind of giving us different days to work with, some topics, some, something to focus on. So the one thing that you, I would say that was important is that we had a, a focused thing. We knew we wanted to do some Black Family Technology Awareness Week event, so we were coming together with an idea of this is what we want to do. So we could stay focused on that. It wasn't that we were doing a lot of different things, but we were going to do Black Family Technology Awareness Week. And then the networking is that people have to be open to allowing that diversity of thought to come in for a lot of different groups. If a lot of people come together, there's there's going to be a lot of uh, just different personalities and stuff. So you have to kind of make sure that everybody gets a, a, a chance to speak, uh, but at the same time everybody can't ramble on. Uh, and, and you kind of pull everybody together from that. We found people that were like-minded. I mean, there are a lot of people doing good things in Kansas City, and I'm, I'm sure in other cities all across the country, or I know from conversations I've had. And you find some like-minded people because a lot of us are working towards that goal. And if we can come together and start working, then we can cover, you know, it's just the efficiency of working together. You have, you know, less uh, bureaucracy, uh, everybody can pull together. The collaboration uh, encourages more collaboration because if people see some collaboration, they want to join in on it. So so having that is always a key thing to it. Uh, some of the stumbling blocks that we ran into was, well, one that a lot of people run into when you're getting ready to do something is funding. How do you fund a, an event? How How do you find people to fund it? And we found that you do have to do that legwork. You have to talk to a lot of people. You have to get your mission, what you want to do, set and have it where it can be explained. And then you can go out and talk to people and tell them, as they say, the old elevator speech. But you've got to be able to tell them what it is you're wanting to do in a pretty quick and concise way. But networking is probably one of the number one things that really helped us out because we got so much help from people that we maybe didn't even know at, the, at when this began, and somebody else heard about and talked to this person and talked with the other person, and they wanted to, you know, help, or they wanted to get involved with it, or they knew somebody that could help us with what we're trying to do. So networking, not only in, in all forms of business, but definitely in a nonprofit world is a key uh, component. You've got to collaborate with other people to really be successful. Absolutely. Excellent advice. And, and you know, it, something that you said is, you know, people out there, wherever they're, they're located, they don't have to start from scratch. There are different frameworks and uh, examples and templates even, and it sounds like organizations are willing to, to help others that are starting out So and to be able to leverage their lessons learned. So 
those out there, you know, on the fence, there's, again, if there's a need, if there's a gap in your community, however big or small or church, there's an opportunity for you to, to launch programs like this. And if it starts out with a week, uh, we'll take that, and then we'll talk you through as you as it blossoms. Um, yes. So definitely, <laughs> this is just a starting point. Right, and that's what it was here in Kansas City as we started. And we we did uh, different days. We had different themes. There was a health and technology day. There was a business and technology day. Uh, we had an everybody can play day uh, for technology. We did a, a African American Technology Leaders Awards Day, so that we recognized people in the community that were doing things, and that was uh, real eye-opening because a lot of times these people didn't even know each other. We had a gentleman here in Kansas City that has the oldest black-owned radio station in the country, uh, Carter Broadcasting. We also had one of three black IT station managers of a, a, a local television station in town. But we were giving them awards, and the guy that on the radio said, I didn't even know we had a guy in town at his level that was black. <laughs> and they wow. got to meet each other at, the, <laughs> at this event. So, you know, it, it, it helped to stimulate lots of more conversations. Uh, we, we involved the universities around, the, the junior colleges, uh, just making all those connections because for our kids, as you start looking at STEM and that pipeline, then we have to have that relationship that starts from middle schools, high schools, into the colleges, junior colleges, and into the workplace. So it just, they, they just can't go and say we're going to go in and start being an engineer. That is a long <laughs> process. But if we start working with kids and if you have that support system and start building those connections, you get them through uh, high school into university. Or as we found out here, some may have to go to junior college take an extra math course and stuff to get up to level, and then move on to the university. But there's ways, if you want to do it, that, that you can do it, and we need to encourage that, make that widely known in the community, and, you know, just working with people. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love the concept of, you know, the, the black family awareness and, you know, the the emphasis on both family and the, the you know, as well as technology awareness. But it's, it's a family affair, and I think that that um, is so important because we have a generation that's growing up with technology, you know, as soon as kids can, you know, grasp uh, a whether it's a PlayStation control or, um, you know, the the different iPads and, and, and different uh, technology, they're playing their games on these things. So they're, they're, they're walking around, and I see them. Uh, this is, you know, some people even joke, this is a new babysitter that uh, you can give them a, a pad and, and then off they go. They know what to do with it. And But at the same time, it's not just to be users, you know, and consumers, it's about being on that other side, crack that thing open and see what makes it tick and be the next innovator and and that type of thing. And that and parents need mm-hmm. to help, you know, cultivate that curiosity. And something you said that I, I think is because my, I myself was a computer science major and um, actually my minor was math. So this is a bit of my soapbox. But sometimes kids that math becomes a stumbling block, and I think that 
that's where parents have to really jump in and don't let them fall by the wayside and just say, I'm not good at math or I don't like math. we got to catch that early. Well, what are your thoughts on that? You know, that's absolutely the family concept. And, and you touched on a lot of things that, that we agree on, and I think a lot of people that, that work with STEM and that are trying to encourage uh, a community run into is that it is a family thing, and the, the technology is not just a babysitter. I mean, there are parts of it that are good, that it does occupy kids and stuff. But in order for us to move past, as you say, the consumer part of it, we have to become creators. We have to be able to use these things in a, a uh, intelligent way. And one of the things that we know is that if families do it together, if kids see you valuing something, they value something. And if you just give it to them to pacify them and put it off, then it really has no value because you don't use it. So we encourage parents that they've got to be in there with them and stuff. We have a robotics team, and we try to encourage the parents to come to the robotics. You don't have to know anything about robotics. Come, you know, be in the room with it. It made, you know, and we found some that decide they can put their hands on it. It's scary at first. But we've got to try and learn with our kids. Not that you're going to be there every day and all the time, but it's just like if you take them to football practice, you usually stay there and watch them play. Uh-huh. Well, when you take them to robotics, you don't have to drop them off and just leave away. It's to stay there and work with it, watch them, get an idea about it. You've got to be involved with it. And then you've got to be able to use it. Uh, a lot of times the adults are, are back away from it. They're scared to the kids know more about it than I do. We've we got to learn. Uh, they had to learn. We have to go ahead and try and do some of these things. Uh, you know, don't be scared of the computer. We still have a digital divide in the home as well as in our community, and we've got to get rid of both digital divides because there's there's the saying that the kids do that and the adults don't do it. Well, that doesn't show that you really value it, and we've got to make sure that we show that we value it. We're trying to learn or we're doing things or we're asking them questions, but Let's work on it because this is important to us. And what we show value in and what we show is important to us, the kids will pick up on it. You won't have to tell them it's important. They will see that it's important. You know how they say more is caught than, you know, than taught. (laughs) And we have to work with that theory even as it comes down to technology, and we have to go outside of our comfort zone. Uh, just like we want to push the kids and say, they got to learn this math. You really got to work with it and stuff like that. Well, then as a parent, you really got to learn how to go to Facebook. <laughs> I mean, you may not know all the social sites and all that, but you need to know something about what it is that's important to your child. Exactly, exactly. And it, and it, it comes to, to, to mind, and first of all, let me just check in with our listeners. We're talking with Lewis George Walker, uh, the president of the Black Family Technology Awareness Association, and you can find out more about that at bftaa.org. Uh, but in, in part of our timing here is that next week, I believe it uh, is actually the, the what's generally recognized as the Black Family Technology Awareness Week. Um, it may not be in your area, but you can start it up in your area. But I think it's just a, a great opportunity um, that just take the time, take a week, and different organizations, whether it's your, your church or a community center, setting up 
some things for throughout the week uh, for just to focus, just to focus, take some family time, technology time. Um, and something that you, you said, actually, Lewis, too, is that the parents sometimes may be intimidated, and sometimes you can't show your intimidation because these kids, they, like you said, they'll kind of feed off of your energy. Um, right. And and at the same time, it's like being a part of these family-oriented events that might be going on in your local area, um, that's kind of your support group. Maybe what you don't get, another parent might be able to, to help augment and, and so on and so forth. So you, you do this as a, a team and a community, and we'll all, you know, basically get through this t- together one way or another. And it's just kind of helping connect the dots. And, and that's absolutely true. And, and you can make things that bring generations together. One of the uh, big um, exhibits and stuff that we had of, of the years, we have days when the families come together and we're getting ready to kick off the Black Family Technology Awareness Week, and you have the speaker and all the regular stodgy stuff. But we decided to have a uh, technology display, and we asked all of the adults in our group uh, to bring in different bits of old technology, and the kids could go through and look at it on display. We set up about three or four tables, and it was just amazing as the kids looked at what was our old technology, like one lady brought in a brownie camera, uh, yeah. <laughs> film in it and stuff, and, and, you know, the kids would look like, what is this, you know, <laughs> and, and that's a camera. And uh, I saw one little boy, he picked up a record album, and he was looking at it, he says, well, is this some kind of book? Or you know, it just did not relate to him that there was music on there. So he's like, is this a book or, or what? But it was good that then, you know, older people are talking with the younger people about this, and we used to listen to music or this, or da, da, da. Well, it breaks down those walls. Mm, the conversation, rather than the kids sitting on one side of the room and the adults on the other side of the room, now we're talking about stuff. And, you know, we've got to have those type of exchanges so that people feel warm and together. And and we really uh, have looked at repeating that again because it was was a good icebreaker. Man, that that is awesome. You know, I might have to borrow that one. That was yeah, a, that, that was a good one. <laughs> that was, I mean, we brought in old telephones. Somebody brought in a tape recorder. Uh, thing, and and you'd be surprised. A lot of your kids that are four, fifth, six, they have no idea what a cassette player is. Uh, they right. may say we take it that you know that was something. Else. But the kids of this generation, they've grown up with MP3s uh, and stuff. They've never seen you know a lot of the stuff that we grew up with. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, we we had something similar. We have a steam uh, fitness relay uh, event hosted by Josephine uh, Reed annually, and uh, one of their challenges, they brought different pieces for the kids to create a rudimentary record player. And like you said, for some of the younger, they first had to explain. They said, "Now, what is a record player?" <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. they were like, "Oops, we didn't we didn't think far enough back and think about our age group that we were talking to, and just assumed." And 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 some of them had not seen. So you know, we we had to chuckle about that. But I I love that that like you said, it's a great icebreaker brings the generations together and it and, you know it also just speaks to technology and how quickly and how fast it changes and evolves and it's it's speeding up and you've got to get on board one way or another you know um 
Absolutely. Things that, that came up in our generations, like the beeper, have come and gone, you know. Uh, yes. So that, that that's just uh, amazing. I can't think of in any other area that you, you we've seen such growth and, and changes and evolution. And the, the, our young people are now going to be the ones that are going to be the inventors and what's next. So, you know, I, one of the things that I thought was really interesting at one of the conferences I went to is that some of their job titles haven't even been invented yet. So that, you know, think of it in those terms. So I, I'm, I'm really I'm really excited and, and so excited to have you on the this show. But, you know, we, we only have a limited amount of time, so I want to give you an opportunity. Why don't you give us some specifics about what your week looks like and also what's in the future for the BFTAA? Okay. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, a fun thing coming up in one of our, our biggest events, which I really uh, like people to know about and stuff, is we're doing the um, – KC STEM Awareness Day, and that's going to be happening at a community center in, in the city. Uh, uh, we'll have it on February the 13th, and we're actually having a VEX Robotics competition, Lego Robotics demonstration, and what we've uh, adopted from Houston, the Computer Olympics. And those are uh, events and stuff that are really involved. The Computer Olympics is where kids actually – compete on, they use a Lightbot is the program that's online, but they do coding, and and it's a contest to see how far you can get in this coding program within a certain limit of time. And we have kids competing from kindergarten and first grade all the way up through high school. And they get to sit down and do some coding, and we give them Olympic medals, just, you know, first, second, and third. They get to stand on the podium and get medals and stuff of how they did with the coding. So a lot of kids are really excited about that. And then our Lego robotics competition, this year we have 34 robotics teams that are coming in, coming from three different states around Missouri. Uh, we've got some coming from Nebraska, Iowa, I don't know if we're going to have Arkansas up here, but Missouri, Nebraska, and Iowa will be represented. And those teams will compete to uh, win a place to go to the state championships. So there's a lot of stuff that's going to go on. It's going to be happening all day long in that. Also, during this same time, we are pushing our KUAW crowdfunding campaign because the black family and we wanted to launch that during black history month and while we're doing black family technology awareness week is that we have a new radio station it's online now it's uh, www.kuaw.org and people can listen to it but it's bringing the technology to the household and we've actually got some teenagers working on being the broadcasters of it. And that crowdfunding campaign goes on for the whole month of February, where we're trying to raise $2,000 to complete a grant. We have a $20,000 grant in. We have to raise 10% of the money to complete the grant to get all of the rest of the funding. So if we raise $2,000 from the community, we'll get 18 more thousand from the grantor. So that's one of the big things that we're pushing right now that's going to help us complete our radio station. We'll erect a tower, and we're going to be broadcasting over the air and online in Kansas City. So we've got uh, a busy month really <laughs> really going on here, and 
it's going to involve a lot of groups. There's a lot of other organizations in town. We have the Esteem Village. We have Google Fiber. We have Microsoft. We even have the Kansas City Zoo involved in it. Uh, They heard about it. We were having it out there. They asked if they could come. We said, sure, because STEM involves a lot of things. (laughs) So the science now will will bring in whatever the zoo. I I haven't talked to the group that's working with them. I don't know what the zoo is bringing, but they're bringing something out there to this event. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm waiting to see that just about like everybody else. Right. (laughs) Oh, there will be. There will be some surprises, huh? Yeah, there will be some surprises. But we have a lot of kids. It's a lot of fun. We we order a bunch of pieces. We have great sponsors. Uh, one of the financial advisors here, they buy 40, 50 pizzas and bring out. Uh, kids, are, are robots are going. Things are popping. The university is there. 3D printers. It's, it's just a real fantastic day. And we hope that a lot of people in Kansas City come out and, and enjoy it. And also in some of the other cities, because there are Black Family Technology Awareness Week events that are going on in other cities. I know in the past we've worked with people from San Francisco, Sacramento, uh, up in Detroit, uh, Austin, Texas, Atlanta, uh, uh, in uh, North Carolina, in Memphis, Tennessee, Nashville. So there's a lot of uh, communities that are going to be doing things over the next couple weeks, and what we've got to do is get it back to a central format where we can contact each other because I don't think a lot of us are doing things in isolation, and we need to get where we're connected with all of the Black Family Technology Awareness uh, groups and events that are going on around the country. Uh, That needs to be unified again. It was at one time but it's been more splintered now, and we probably need to, and maybe these online radios and blog talks and things like that can maybe start getting these groups to let's contact back together and make sure we know what each other is doing. Well, I I love that call to action, and I'm going to take you up on that. I mean, we here at Technology Express, so we want to to be a part of that and help to bring uh, those groups together, bring them back together. Let's get to talking, connecting the dots and and sharing so that we can, you know, cross-market for each other. There's probably someone listening on today's show, like you said, with an online radio show, you have a national audience. So, I, I'm sure there's someone thinking, you know what, I would love to be in Kansas over the next week, but I'm on the other side of the, the country or in a different state, and right. they want to know how they can get connected or, you know, how could they be a part. So I, I definitely, and just to let our listeners know, I'll be on the social media, I'll be on Twitter, and, you know, you always can follow us on Facebook and, and LinkedIn, Instagram, and I'm going to be trying to help connect the dots, but you know, first of all, I want to thank you for being on our show today, uh, Lewis Walker, President of the Black Family Technology Awareness Association, BFTAA dot org. Um, and you guys, you guys are going to have an awesome week. I, I'm, I'm excited for you all. And please thank shoot you. us some pictures. We want some pictures on on Twitter and across the internet so we can share them and uh, get people excited about this. And if you don't have something planned for this year, make sure next year you've got that uh, the February, the week in February marked out so that you can promote 
uh, Black Family Technology Awareness in your local area. So I'll just let you, if there's any closing comments that you have and how people can reach out and get connected with you. Uh, I mentioned your website, but if there's other uh, social media and, and you can repeat about the radio station. And, and lastly, I just want to say on our behalf, we would love to collaborate with you uh, with the radio show. We talked about possibly doing a simulcast someday. So you let us know, and we'll get this all hooked up, and uh, we'll blast it out to both of our listeners at the same time. So, you know, just looking forward to, to working with you and continued success to you. But want to give you the last word, any final words, and uh, how people can reach you. All right. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the Black Family Technology Awareness Association, you can contact us on www.bftaa.org, but you can also find us on Facebook under the Black Family Technology Awareness Association, Kansas City. We're on Twitter as BFTAA, and then we have a radio station, which is www.kuaw.org. So you can go there, you can listen to us, and there's also contact information on that page and KUAW Lopal or LWPM, which is LPFM, excuse me, Lopal or FM, you can pick us up on Facebook also. So it's my pleasure and honor to be uh, talked to or to be on your show today, and I really do thank you, and thanks to all the listeners. Well, thank you, and you have a great day. Continue to do great work, and, you know, our our microphone is open to you anytime, so we look forward to having you back. So thank you again. Thank you very much, Jackie. All right. Bye-bye. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today, and we're just going to wrap up today's show. I want to give you a word from our sponsors, Diversity in Action magazine, which you can locate online and read the e-magazine or subscribe free. Hello, you are listening to Technology Espresso, a podcast PR and communication service provider. We are proud of our partnerships with Diversity in Action Magazine, and this month's issue is dedicated to education and includes articles on internships, scholarships, financing the future, BDPA high school computer competitions, as well as articles on women of color, and featuring an article on the Urban Arts and Technology Partnerships. You can view the latest issue online at diversityinaction.net. Like Technology Espresso, Diversity in Action wants to keep you informed and aware of tomorrow's trends today, not after the fact. So thanks for listening, and download the Technology Espresso app via Google Play Store or on iTunes, and send us your feedback. You have been listening to Technology Expresso Cafe Radio. For a full list of our podcasts, social media handles, and upcoming shows, visit our web portal at www.technologyexpresso.com. Join our text club and get monthly alerts of upcoming events and initiatives. Text the phrase full steam ahead to 41411. Financial support and donations of any denominations are welcome. Your contributions help us sustain and reach undeserved communities who benefit from the many programs, role models, and technologists that we showcase.
Thanks to our sponsors, partners, and thank you, our listeners. And remember, we encourage you to listen, learn, leverage, launch. Hello, Javon Grant here. Just stopping by to thank our Tech Expresso listeners and Board of Advisors for helping to plan some really great programs and series for our 2016 calendar. We have six repeating series. Each series addresses different categories and topics that our listeners rated based on last year's episodes. Series one is called Ask an Analyst with Coop of B2T Training. This series touches on one of the hottest growing careers and small business opportunities on the market and also covers key topics like agile and critical thinking. Series two is our spotlight on headlines related to science, technology, engineering, and math. We will cover headlines from the top diversity magazine publishers and will include interviews with those editors of those magazines. Series three, STEM Unsung, is a series to recognize and interview ambassadors and thought leaders and even some living legends, so stay tuned. Series four, Next Generation STEM. This spots like the next generation. In this series, we focus on the millennials and the young professionals that are taking the lead in embracing STEM. Series five, STEAM Fusion. This talks about the blending of the arts and STEAM, featuring topics like music technology and how STEAM relates to music. We will be interviewing artists, educators, and spotlighting softwares and hardwares used by innovators in this area. Last but not least, Series 6, The Pink Tech Cafe, which features Felicia Phillips, the pink mogul and creator of Pink Panor and the Pink Tech Summit. This series is a joint dialogue with Felicia and Jacqueline Sanders Blackman, walking entrepreneurs through the 12 steps of going from employee to entrepreneur. For more details on times and dates, or even how to be a guest, go to www.technologyexpresso.com and get a copy of our digital menu for the 2016 year. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. It's Javon Grant from Technology Espresso, and I wanted to stop by and share with you all a great organization that I stumbled upon. The Professional Diversity Network wants better jobs for all Americans. When you join this network, you will increase your chances of getting hired, working the job that you love to do. Find a job that works for you at a company that's recruiting talented, diverse professionals. Visit www.prodivnet.com. The Professional Diversity Network also works with companies and organizations that specifically look to hire women, Hispanics, African Americans, LGBTs, military veterans, Asians, and professionals with disabilities. Create a profile today and start applying for jobs. Find your perfect opportunity and match. Also check out the new tool, Resonate, that will help score your resume. You can also view the professional diversity calendar for events and job career opportunities in your town. To find out more about jobs, careers, and networking events, go to www.prodivnet.com. And also follow the Professional Diversity Network on Facebook and Twitter. The upcoming events include January 18th at the Minneapolis Convention Center, February 9th 
at the NBC Suites at the Dallas Market Center and February 23rd at the NBC Suite, Crystal City, Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening.